and welcome back to We Bought a Mic for Listomania of the best of 2021. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're in 22. Uh, we're in a new studio. It's a good vibe. We, you know, we're building out the vibe here. Uh, it's It gets a little bit more um, wabammy each episode, I will say, in the new studio. It does. It's, it's very gradual. You don't want to spook us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. We have like the, the lighting is really nice in here. It's quite lovely. We have like a right red now. now recording light. That's yes. what that yeah. signifies. So, yeah. be so that like once you open the door and come in, <laughs> yeah, you'll you see, see that. <laughs> you know to shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're talking the best TV today on the show. Uh, my name's Ernest. Um, I'm just Hunter today. And I'm Drew and I am going to get out in front of the scandal. I will only watch nine shows this year that came out this year. You and couldn't find a, a tenth. Ten, well, you can find not, you can find ten deserving shows is what you should say. You watched what, 300, 400 shows and you said, no, yeah. I will not sully my list by putting on something on there that does not deserve to be there yes the reason i can't say that is because once you hear my number nine you're gonna be like oh man he really didn't <laughs> he didn't have anything better he could put number on nine here. is please don't destroy his tiktok <laughs> <laughs> that's that's way I better mean, than what i got you've been you've been known to to fudge the the rules before so why not keep fudging man yeah, i gotta i gotta fudge for my number 10 i'll give you fudge uh, okay, <laughs> let's just fudge. just a still like thirty like a thirty second shot of fudge. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, were there any like big things that you like kind of came across that you gravitated to in TV this year? Any like themes overarching? Well, Hunter, I am the opposite of Drew because <laughs> I watched a absolutely disgusting amount of television in the past twelve months. Uh, to the point where I'm just looking here at my list and I'm like, what What am I doing? How many shows do you have on your long list right now? 38. <sighs> man. It's a lot of shows, man. I will That's say, a lot. I will say uh, the after number like 32, I didn't like finish the season. So that's something that like I'm embracing now with the volume of TV that I'm consuming is like, I don't for I don't have to finish the season. I can just like abandon it at a certain point because it's just going to fall through the cracks. <laughs> and I um, I just have things on. I don't feel like I have to like sit and stare at the TV mm-hmm. every frame. Like I can be doing other tasks or like going in and out of the room with certain shows. And I, I don't feel this obligation to like sit and watch every solitary second of every single this, show. This is what I struggle with and what i have yet to master um the only because the only content that i i watch a ton of that i feel comfortable like you know missing like five minutes of or you know or, you know just like coming in and out is uh sports which i watch a whole lot of and survivor which i watched so much of this year last year so much um well you're I, only allowed one season on your list can't be a top down what oh, yeah and well it, next year we, it must we have can't get this. two spots <laughs> filled up because there'll be two seasons next year oh, so baby um but yeah uh it, it's it's hard with things that i where i i know the creator would look at me like man i really tried with this show man <laughs> i did a lot okay i got cameras and all the people together and yeah. we made this and like you're just kind of like you're like doing a crossword puzzle <laughs> Like what the fuck? 
What about you, Hunter? I mean, I'm somewhere in between both of you. I there was because I definitely did watch more shows than I have on my long list, but I definitely also watched a lot of things that just didn't really leave an impression on me. I feel like I watched a lot of first episodes for things and I just wasn't really Mm -hmm. gravitated in and especially and it'll be reflected in my list. If you are an hour long drama and you did not capture me in the first episode, like I'm out. I, I'm sorry. Like I just have so much other shit to watch. It's one of the reasons why just in general, I've always gravitated towards movies over television is because of that exact right. reason. But I feel like I like I a lot's changed this year. Like I got a new job. I got married. I had a lot of things going on in my life that like. I had to I've had to like coordinate my time in a way that I have not ever had to at any other point in my life. I've had more obligations to kind of schedule in. Um, So because of that, I think I watched a little bit less TV than I have in the last few years, but I still did watch a good amount of stuff. More than anything, I rewatched a lot of things, though, and that unfortunately is not part of this list because I can't similar like what you're saying or it's like I like to like have things on while I'm doing stuff like folding laundry or doing chores and stuff like that. But I usually want to put on something like more comfort viewing. And there's a couple of shows that became comfort viewing this year that those are like standout things for me that like they are new. And also they're already in the rotation is just like, let me go to sleep to this every night. It's, it's a tough thing to be a, a serialized show and feel comfortable like not an episodic show because those are like the those are the definition of comfort tv like that's what the entire history of tv has been is just shows where you know what's going to happen so you can just have it on and it'll feel Mm -hmm. like home and that's not what you know you get anymore that's not what you watch in in the world we live today you know we're, we're entering year three of this pandemic and it's tough to like you know, dive into stories that like carry a lot of emotional weight and like really take a, a toll on you. Yeah. And there's obviously power in that. Like, that's why we love this kind that's of the stuff. Thing. And, they're, and they're, feeling, they're, they're, yeah, they're, a line. it's just, it has to be really good for you to be yeah. able to manage that. Like, the, you know what I mean? It can't be like a pretty good, but really emotionally taxing show. If it's going to ask that of you, it has to give you the return. Yep. Um, I, and to that point also about like emotionally taxing shows like there's I'll, I'll just say right now like probably it might have been like the best thing to come out this year but I did not watch Underground Railroad and like shame on me Barry Jenkins is one of the most talented filmmakers creators that we have that is alive right yeah, now in this by world. all means it's a it's a masterpiece yes it's and i have i have no doubts and i do want to get to it in time but there was just so much this year so many times where i had like so much going on that i was like i don't want to sit down and then like really be drained by this project and it might, and it might have hopeful uplifting moments too but right. it does have that like weight to it uh i put on the first episode and i had to turn it off i was like i am not in the right mood for this right now i need to like put it on on a different night where Mm. i i am and that night has yet to come (laughs) but but to that point though i have not had that problem with some movies this year and i think that's because like even things that are newer and things that are older that like i've kind of discovered for the first time with movies 
I think it's that whole like the promise of there's an end to this in like two hours from now. Like I might be drained. I might get weepy. I might be like thinking about this for like a long time afterwards. But there's an end to the content at a certain mm-hmm. point. Yeah, but and a TV lot of times- is kind of by design never ending. And that's one of the things that's beautiful about so much television is that it could theoretically go on forever. Well, for better or worse, a lot of the things on my list, well, maybe not everything, maybe like half my list are things that are definitively over. And that's the other part of TV nowadays. Like we live in an absolutely like incredible time for television where like a lot of these things could easily be movies but they're designed in a way where you just get to spend more time with these characters and these stories. And it's, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to have that never ending factor to it. Obviously like that's part of television, but did you you see that? Did you see the underground railroad just got renewed for three more seasons? (laughs) Disney just bought it. They're going to make, they're going to turn animal kingdom into Into an actual underground. (laughs) (laughs) They're building it. Yeah. They're competing with Harry Potter's uh, Hogwarts express. Um, let's let's not riff on this guys let's 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 not flesh out this idea (laughs) you're right bob Iger is listening right now as we speak um no but you are right i mean many there's definitely a handful of mini series that are on that are gonna be on this list but again it comes down to that time commitment thing yeah and yeah i mean there was a this was a great tv year i won't i won't sugarcoat like there was some incredible stuff that's not going to make my list i know dude this this year was so good that it reminds me of um i think it was 2019 that we got a season of succession we got fleabag watchman and chernobyl and mm-hmm. barry all in the same like those are all like 10 out of 10 that i just named yeah like that's the kind of caliber that we're operating on right now like the fact that i'm looking at my top 20 and i could name all of those as like at least eights, you know, and then a ton of nines and some tens. Like that's insane that the output matches the quality, the quantity and the quality are both there. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely bonkers to me. Um, I, I have, I have some really important breaking news. I got to interrupt. What um, did you find a 10th movie? I, I wish this was a movie breaking Leonardo DiCaprio's ex-girlfriend, Camilla Marone details the worst date of my life with the actor quote, he rented out a whole cinema and made me watch every single Star Wars movie while he ran around <laughs> with his lightsaber pretending to Ew. fight bad guys. That's so cool. Leo's the best. Yeah. He's a truly you, you a drop this king. Come on. So is this what is a, all right, guys, let's say, uh, would you rather would you rather go on that date with Leonardo DiCaprio or, or the would Fiona you rather Apple date? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Fiona um, Apple date of Quentin, Quentin and PTA just doing massive amounts I, of cocaine and talking about cinema. I, I, the problem is, I don't know know if DiCaprio is going to share the cocaine that he has right he's got it in this date he's got it but PTA and Quentin I feel like they would share but like they wouldn't even acknowledge that they were sharing it with you because they'd be so into each other's shit um the question is in which scenario do you get to like actually um take a break and relax for a minute and I feel like that's with Leo like Leo could put the lightsaber down and be like hey babe you want to Pour a glass of wine. You want to. You also like don't have to worry about like. You probably don't have to worry about like taking your shoes off around Leo. (laughs) So that's a plus. All right. Shall we get to the list? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. I'd love to start. (laughs) So 
<laughs> you have not with all this vamping and still no number 10. How come Chief Willoughby? Guys, I got a number 10. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. I knew it. Here we go. Number 10, Drew. This and this is actually is one that I are that I remembered ahead of time. Um, I just there was one that I had written somewhere else and I didn't have on my official list and I, I ported it over um, and placed it. My number 10, however, which was my number nine, uh, is F Boy Island. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, speak on. It's the worst thing I saw this year. <laughs> I think, I think overall, like, I think, like, regardless of type of content, every, every tweet that I read this year was better than F Boy Island. Um, it's, it wasn't good. It aged poorly in my mind. The thing with these, these shows, like, these really, really trashy, uh, vapid reality dating shows is that they usually already are self-aware. They're just not telling you that, but they are. Some of them even are telling you like love Island. Like they have narrators that are very cheeky. Um, but then even the other ones, it's like, if you're smart enough, you know that the editors are trying to make you laugh with how they're portraying these human beings. This show is going too far into forcing the notion that these people are dumb morons. I already know. I know they are. That's why I'm watching. I want to watch dumb morons. You don't have to like double and triple down on that notion. I already get it. Uh, Nikki Glazer, I love. It's just like, it's a moot point to have someone really funny host one of these shows. You don't need to make it funny. It's funny because they're stupid. That's all I got to say. Beautiful. Yeah. We love, we love reality TV representation on these episodes. Yes. Yeah. You know, that is the thing. And I won't actually say to that F boy Island is the, uh, the the reality TV show that should be recognized, but reality TV is something that just always goes overlooked, mm-hmm. just in general for quality. And yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not even about quality. It's just it's part of television. It's yeah. a huge it's, part of television. It's a bigger part of television than like over half the things we're yeah. gonna fucking yeah. talk about here. And, and we recognize it. How many it? more it's people also, watched Fuckboy Island than watched uh, like the How to with like John Wilson? Station like, Eleven. Me? Yeah. All of them put together didn't get Fboy <laughs> Island numbers. I gotta. I I really gotta say, reality TV gets so much shit because it can be shallow and vapid. And but, but the thing that really upsets me, the main critique it gets is like, oh, you know all that that's all fake, right? If you have half yeah, a brain, no you, shit. Well, and if you have half a brain, you can determine which moments are sort of manufactured and which are not. Or like, you know, what amount of a scene is staged and then, you know, the amount of true emotion coming out of humans. And the thing about uh non-reality TV is that it's actually all fake. So the alternative is less real. <laughs> like what, what do you want out of it? It can't just be, it can't all be how to with John Wilson. Mm-hmm. It can't all be fucking <laughs> the truth of humanity. It can't, yeah. It, it can't all be fucking uh, like, like Gonzo, like gorillas <laughs> style, like in the streets filmmaking. Um, all right. Y- you got to appreciate it. So that's F boy Island. It's Drew's number 10. Shall we go? clockwise hunter yeah yeah yeah, i'll go number 10 um my number 10 is a show that i think that we talked a lot about towards the beginning of the year my number 10 is invincible very nice i this was on my list until i made some changes and i had to drop it but it was on there till the last minute it wasn't this is my number nine 
Oh, there hey, you, do you uh, want to talk about it now or you want to wait a second? Let's, let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah, no. So this is a show. I honestly, it could be higher up on my list. Like, I really love this show so much. I wrote a whole fucking article for it on the website. Great article. Um, back in March, April, whenever it first came out. Um, just kind of about this type of superhero content and how we're kind of reaching this point between a show like this and something like The Boys that there's now... Uh, need like a taste for this self-reflective look at superhero shows in the same way that or it's superhero content in the same way that we experienced with Westerns decades ago that we've kind of moved past the like edgy Deadpool kind of like, oh, isn't this like freaking like crazy what I'm doing right now? I'm going to take a big poopy like that, which is, I mean, most similar to like spaghetti Westerns of back in the heyday and kind of going into this more darker, more um, self-reflexive. Yeah. More, more self-reflexive. Exactly. Just kind of looking into itself and determining like what makes these people heroes. What is it that we as like normal people find so appealing about these characters? Well, it's also, it's a, it's a commentary on other hero stories that we're already aware of. Like the main character invincible uh, or that at least that's his hero name uh, played by Stephen Steven Yeun, um, is like a combination of Peter Parker and um, well, I guess it is. He basically is Peter Parker, but his dad is like Superman. Superman. Yeah. Um, Omni-Man. His dad is Iron Man. <laughs> his father figure is Iron Man and he's Tom Holland. Yeah. Well, it's it's the thing. The thing that this show does that is genius is that it's like, it really, really leans into the what if Superman, but bad, which like obviously the boys has done pretty well with uh, Homelander, who's a great character, but putting him as like the literal like patriarch of the story and having that turn in the first episode be kind of like this twist and then where that goes throughout the season is this like really, really great commentary on like, you know, what we expect from heroes, uh, very similar to the boys, um, but also it's like a father son story too. It's a father son story pretty, and pretty it, fucked up one. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Where the show, I, I don't want to like spoil the show. Cause I know it's been renewed for other seasons and encourage people to check it out. If you can handle it, it's a show that gets very, very violent. Yeah. It is animated. Though, it is. It's animated. So that I guess that helps me. a little bit, but I think that this is a show that like perfectly utilizes the animated medium. I know they want to make this live action. I think it's been, has it been greenlit that's getting a live they, action? They what? did announce they were working on it, but I don't think there's been that much traction. That sucks to me. Huh. Uh, this is a show that I think is perfect in animation. And it's like... It is a very like minimalistic style. Yeah, there's yes. a lot of like static background. I mean, it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap animation. Well, they mm. went hard on the fucking voice yeah. cast. Well, well I, know, I'm, I know. I'm not saying Stats. that. I'm not saying that as like cheap as like a negatively connotated word. I'm just saying like this is like mm-hmm. one of the it's more inexpensive yes. styles of animating you can buy if you're a TV show. Like this is really cheap to buy. I mean, it, it, it looks like a slideshow almost it, sometimes. The frame rate is super low. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like there used to be like motion comics. I don't know if this is still a thing in 2022, but you could you could get like narrated versions of comic books that was literally like the panels in a comic book, but they would just like do Photoshop layers and just like slightly move each layer over narration. You guys never seen like a flip book, but for comics, no, 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 it's like a video. (laughs) 
But you take, you digitize a, a comic book, the panels, and you remove each layer in Photoshop, like the characters in the background, and you just slightly move. Like there's no actual movement. You're just like tracking the layers. That's what this looks like, where it's like a very like crude you're not moving people. You're just moving the background, <laughs> the yeah. static background. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's it's like a lot of 80s cartoons, like G.I. Joe style cartoons. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, sh- the show wasn't for me, if I'm honest, uh, not to say that it's bad. Um, it just it didn't hit with me the way a lot of other like hero meta content does. Um, like I, I have all the time in the world for the boys, for example. Uh, season three very different shows and when this show got where it got i love that i just i think for me there was there was too much really standard stuff going on and that like it it just sort of lost me because i'm not a i'm not into standard hero stories and there is a lot of like you know there's a lot of just like how am i gonna have a girlfriend and blah 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 yeah yeah. it it is both it is both like self-reflexive against the hero genre is also doing the hero yeah, it's, genre it's, thing. It's definitely participating it in it, which, by the way, is great if you like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, yeah, this, this, it's one of those things where I was watching it and I was like, this, this is going to connect really hard with people who like this stuff, and that's yeah. good. I it, mean, it I have, think where the show ends up though yeah. is oh, just like it's well, that's the that thing. gets me like more excited. More than anything, I have it at ten, and like it has room to grow based yeah. on what season. That's kind of why is. I left it off. I'm going to continue watching because mm-hmm. of that because it's it. It, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, any episode that gets deep into like heavy plotting and violence, I was I was a lot more into than mm-hmm. the between episodes. Yeah. Um. And I, I'm assuming that the plot's just going to ramp up from here. It's going to be tough to get super terrestrial from now on in the yeah, show. I don't what, really want to hear after about how this. the season finale yeah. is. I'm not. I'm not, not as interested in like oh my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is well, like fucking Satan. That's invincible. Uh, it's Hunter's. 10 and Drew's nine. Uh, so my number 10 is a show called the other two. Oh, this, is on, my, this is on my list. That I want I love, out. I've seen season one of the other two. I fucking love it. It's yeah. Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, also Michael Showalter up in there. He's in the cast and he's been known to like, obviously wet hot, but he's been known to like shepherd. Like he's part of the production crew on uh, search party. Yeah. Yeah. So he like was a newer big, generation uh, producer of search party. Yeah. And these, so uh, these two showrunners and writers for this show actually head wrote SNL for a season or two before Joe's did. Um, and the show, it's not like SNL was just like great those seasons or whatever, but they left because they have more specific ideas in mind. And this mm-hmm. is that idea. And it's sort of where is it even at now? Because it was a Comedy Central show. Is it still? So didn't, it didn't move. It's on HBO Max. Yeah, um, it moved. So the first season was uh comedy central and now season two and the upcoming season three are are hbo max originals which is great because it's more accessible comedy central never did a good job of kind of you know letting people see this show and now you can see the whole thing it's very watchable it's very funny it's so and it's so funny the the thing that like made me really want to put it on this list is that it is one of those shows that feels like it's tailor-made for people like us that have like brain damage from too internet much pop culture consumption like there are some jokes that are so fucking specific (laughs) that i'm like this is insane like how is this so niche well that's ridiculous that's that's sort of the magic of this these two writers they're that's what they were known for at snl which is why they probably weren't the best head writers because they have specificity like crazy they wrote one of my favorite sketches of the last decade which was the um 
it was like the Sunday mass commercial, the commercial for church, you know, <laughs> and, and it, it has all these ultra specific little church jokes where like, even if you don't go, it was about Catholic church, but all the, all the little jokes still applied because it was so well-written and that's what they do. Season one of that show really knocked my socks off, especially as it progressed. Um, what drew Tarver is one of the leads. Mm-hmm. He's very mm-hmm. good. He is. Uh, he has been a UCB uh, like LA comedy podcast staple for like five years. And it, this is a rare story where like he's one of those dudes who probably had an SNL audition and just didn't quite hit it, you know? Yeah. And then, he, you know, so he's been living in LA doing shows and like getting and that's kind roles. of what his character is. <laughs> exactly. In the show. He's talked the, about that. So the premise of the show, if you haven't seen it, it is basically the other two are a brother and sister whose little brother is essentially like a Justin Bieber type of uh, artist or like it's really that one kid. I guess he becomes big like, yeah, but like he's very popular. Yeah. But like he gets big via like, like TikTok basically. Right. Yeah. And so there the, the older siblings are just like trying to make it in the business completely failing. And they're just trying their best to like piggyback off of their little brother's success. Oh, and here's the twist. Molly Shannon. Their mom is Molly Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) You knew I was going to say that. So, okay. So I'm, I'm, if we're going by year, like I'm putting season two on my list because that's the one that premiered in 2021. It's the Molly Shannon show up in here. Yo, season like, two is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Let's there go. are so many great moments. And the thing about this show is that as hilarious as it is and as like how, you know, much it leans into like L.A. life and all this bullshit of like Hollywood and pop culture and whatnot, it it still has like these character moments where they let these people be like real people and it's not just wacky all the time. They get to like actually like have these like beats of like real drama, not, not full drama, but like you care about them and their struggles and the things going on in their lives. Like these are, this is a family that is like in this extraordinary situation and you feel it. And I love it for that. It's really, really good. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's the other two on hbo max seasons one and two that's my number 10 so two dropped on hbo max yep wow look hbo max hell of a fucking year guys yeah well done i was gonna talk about that next week but i we can also kind of tie that in now hbo max hbo kind of won the year yeah um, they're they're destroying just putting out like the best movies and the best tv and it's just like it's in your home right now here you go boom And uh, it's still not putting up like a tenth of Netflix numbers, but that's fine. Squeaky. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You've seen Red Notice, though? Yo. That's Rock. Guys. Dwayne? I would love to meet one person who's seen Red Notice. For it being the most watched thing in the history of content, yeah. I would love to meet one single person who's watched I think Brett like put it on. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was he fed facing into the, we the TV. Gotta, we have to get him on the pod yeah. to ask if, him it, if he was facing the if TV. It, <laughs> If they just make something autoplay, like after every single thing ends, it doesn't matter if you're watching an episode of Seinfeld, it just starts playing Red Notice. Yeah. Does that count as just yeah. as a view? It does. If you don't actually even click if into you, it If you look at the tile and like the, the preview thing. starts playing, yeah, then that's, that's a view. A view. That's Brother, a view. you just watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So your number nine is Invincible Drew. So let's go to your number nine. Uh, My number nine, I'm not sure if we'll have to win or not, but 
and we didn't talk about this at the top. I guess we did last week, but the patented We Bought a Mic uh, system for doing lists is that we will, if multiple of us have it on our list, we will hold it until we get to the person who has it the highest. My number nine is Reservation Dogs. I'm so glad this is on your list. I, I had to cut it. I, I just saw the pilot. I didn't continue with it. I From what I heard, it just gets better yeah it uh because the pilot was definitely good but it felt like a pilot like it yes i could i could see like oh they're figuring so, things out I, I think that i think that they kind of spend the first couple episodes of the season trying to figure out mm-hmm. what the show is but they're short episodes um, no they're short episodes yeah. and i don't really have a fault with that a lot of shows do that because and it didn't bother me because even while the show was trying to find its footing it was still like entertaining as hell so i was not going to I was never turned off from it at any this point. Is, this, this is pretty is, much my my number 11. Like, yeah. I loved this show. So there's, and for people who don't know, this is, um, it is one of the first films of its kind in that it's set on a Muscogee Nation um, tribe set in their community in Oklahoma with an almost entirely indigenous cast, indigenous crew, uh, writing staff, everybody across the board. Um, And it's just, it's a coming of age story about just like some kids living in just trying to grow up and basically trying to get out of the reservation. Um, It is, if I were to compare it to any show, it's probably most similar to Atlanta, but in that it is more of coming of age style, it has like some youthful charm and um, it has adolescence to it. And I don't mean that in uh, like an immature way or in any kind of a derogative way or anything like that. It makes it wholly unique from even something like Atlanta. There's like a three episode arc um, towards the back half of the season where they really flesh out this ensemble cast um, and it's basically like each episode is like one-offs with them trying to like explore their relationship with their families and their relationship with their friend who passed away like the year prior and it's one of the most moving things that I've seen on TV this year. It's um, deeply affecting. It's I, I have it at nine right now and I feel even more so about this than I do with something like Invincible that the season two yeah. season two this could just be like the best show on TV yeah. like honestly I think that it has I think that the seal like there is no ceiling for a show yeah, like so this. like like I mentioned earlier like half my list are shows that have ended I really wanted to recognize those shows because I feel like a show like Reservation Dogs is going to be on my list in future years. yeah like if you're buying stock yeah yeah this oh, I'm, is, I'm buying all the stock for this show this is a show that like when you get to the second half of the season, you're like, oh, now it all clicks. Because, yeah, I, I think the first couple episodes are just kind of like, OK, I get it. Like, I get the representation. Like, that's very, you know, important and good to see. Yeah. The pilot but, just felt a little bumpy. Like, it felt like, you know, it felt like they didn't have their legs under them. Yeah. totally. But if you stick with it, every it single yeah, every single reliable source I have, including you two, has said this show gets becomes like a top tier show. Yeah, it becomes it. it becomes special. There's a couple. I mean, there's an episode. It's episode four, which is uh, when Bear, uh, one of the main ensemble of kids, his dad, the rapper is like who's a rapper is like supposed to come to town and everything like that. And him just like trying to fight and do whatever he can to get like his dad's attention, his dad's love. It's like actually genuinely heartbreaking. Yeah. Like it is it's an absolute gut punch and 
that's it's a four episode arc excuse me because there's an episode on bear there's an episode with cheese that i cheese was the one who i was just like i don't know if like who this kid is i don't know if he has the potential to do anything else like that and then you see this everyone wise like, you at the oh, whole cast yeah yeah it's it's unbelievable also shout out to our guy bill burr who makes Dude, an appearance the, in episode seven park. he's so good he's a he is a cherokee yeah <laughs> there's <laughs> there's right before that episode airs um there's like a warning some content may be like unsuitable for viewers and then i saw bill burr and talking with the lore and everything i was like no please don't make bill burr a bad guy please don't make bill burr do like any kind of fuck thing or anything like that thing. It's, yeah no and it's just like oh it's, no bill burr is just like a perfect role bill model burr, just a saint of a human being really i didn't like I knew I, I was like a massive fan of 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 his stand up. He, he had probably a pocket in maybe the early 2010s where he was just on absolute fucking fire. I didn't think he had this level of acting in him that, uh, that yeah. we've seen the, last, seen the years, last two years. Where he's like elevating uh, King of Staten Island and, and think, DeLorean. Honestly, he has like one of the best I think that he makes moments. King of Staten Island watchable. The he's, more and more yeah. I think about that movie, King of Staten Island is nothing. I only think about the Bill Burr parts. He's. He, he's just good at everything. He's just one of those dudes where it's like, yeah, he can just kind of do whatever. Yeah. All right. Reservation Dogs is Hunter's number nine. My number nine is Hacks. Hacks. Nice. Didn't see Hacks. Um, it's on HBO Max. Another one. HBO. Yeah. We're, there's a lot of TV on HBO this year, which is like outrageous, like debut TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So this is a, a show. It's another comedy. It's another half hour comedy. Uh, it stars Gene Smart. Gene the fucking, fucking queen. Smart who had a hell of a year between this and mayor of Easttown and also was in uh fucking watchmen too uh, as as um old um uh silk specter and man she's good in this fucking show like holy crap she knocks it out of the park she plays like this aging comedian who has a residency in uh Las Vegas and then in the mix we get um, this up and comer. Uh, the actor is named Hannah Einbinder, I believe is how you say it. The character's name is Ava. And she kind of plays like essentially like an, a, a ghost writer, uh, somebody who's going to help her like punch up her act and write jokes that, you know, will keep her comedy fresh. Um, and you kind of just get this dynamic between the two of them, this young girl, this, this legend of comedy, this aging uh, comedian legend. And, you know, it's really funny. Obviously, they do a great job with like, you know, these two comedians kind of duking it out uh, from different generations. But it also has this heart. It oh, man, it really gets you in the feels. Um, It gets pretty dark a little bit there, but not, you know, enough to turn it into like a drama or anything like that. It's not. It doesn't like do kind of like the Atlanta thing or the Barry thing where it just like becomes a different show when it wants to. Uh, It's still very much a comedy, even though it it does kind of get a little heavier here and there. Uh, But the extended cast is great, too. I mean, there's lots of people in here, lots of kind of character actors and that guys and newcomers. Uh, Paul W. Downs is in there from. um, Yeah, baby. uh, Wasn't he in Broad City? Yeah, I believe he was. He was yeah, in Comedy Central. Show. Broad City. He uh, he's just a, a great guy. I think he's like one of the main writers on the show, too. Uh, yeah, he's oh, one wow. of the creators, along with Lucia Aniello and Jen Statsky. So Jen I love, Statsky. Yeah. 
I love spotlighting shows like this that aren't like the big genre, you know, kind of money makers, mm-hmm. you know, it's just this like lower key show about just this woman, this older woman. And it manages to like kind of put you in both perspectives, right? Kind of like the the kind of grizzled, you know, kind of veteran of the comedy world and also kind of like the up and comer that has to deal with all of the middle millennial bullshit mm-hmm. in the industry. So I, I can't recommend it enough. And also never forget Gene Smart was in uh, both hacks and mayor of East town at the same time on HBO yeah. max at one point this year. Queen, just a queen, queen. just killing it. Love Absolutely this show. It. It's very, very watchable. Very funny. You get a lot out of it. Great characters. Um, the extended cast is all great. I wanted to shout out also other than Paul, um, the other one I really like is Carl Clemens Hopkins as Marcus. He's like the assistant to the Gene Smart character, like the executive assistant. He has a great arc. Like they just do a really good job at kind of like fleshing everybody out and, and making you feel like, you know, you're you're a part of this story. Um, love it. Love it. Also, Las Vegas, you know, never been there, but it feels <laughs> like a very weird and dark and kind of fucked up place. Well, I can only speak to as of being there in uh, April of 2020. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was dark in that the strip was not illuminated. It <laughs> yeah, was shut down. Visibly dark. It was visibly dark. So that's hacks. My number nine. I think we're at number eight. Drew. Look at us flying through this list. Get Who'd back. Bow. Get back. Bow. It's get back. Oh, is this guy as a TV? We're oh. going to have to save this one. Oh, wow. Fuck, I didn't know this was TV. List. I put this in my movies. We'll this get, is a movie to me. You ever okay. watch like eight episodes of a movie? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, is this TV? Oh, shit. It's okay. It's okay. Shit. You can put it on your movies list. That's fine. We're no judgment Everyone's going to. No, everyone in the discord is unsubscribing right now. <laughs> God, Colin I consider. Just, like, I just Colin thought this was a movie. Money back yeah. Okay. So we'll wait on that one. I'm going to have to figure something out here now. <laughs> You, it's okay, honey. It's all th- good. You throw me through a tizzy here. You don't have um, to change. You can have it on the movies. It's fine. I remembered a whole show like a minute before we started potting <laughs> that I had totally forgotten existed. Is it? Is it that? Is it that show? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about it when I, we get to it. Okay. Um, number eight. My number eight is speaking of Gene Smart, Mayor of Easttown. Nice. Didn't make my list. Okay. Um. People have forgotten about the show because it came out in like March, April. And otherwise, I feel like it should be higher up on everybody's list. Um, this show is fucking incredible. It Kate, it is just the Kate Winslet show. Is Kate Winslet She's phenomenal? Is Kate it. Winslet coming back and being like, yeah, guys, I'm still fucking here and I'm still the best at what I do. She um yeah, it's she really I want her to I want her to be in more. It's I mean, selfishly. this is something I mean, she got plenty of awards praise and stuff like plenty of recognition for this role so it's not like it's exactly underrated but it is really a special type of performance she says hoagie it's going to get into hoagie um, and then she eats that and then hoagie. she eats it she eats the hoagie um no it's it's incredible really the person i was impressed with the most was evan peters on the show yeah i've always liked evan peters but like you always again, thought that maybe he was just like an astrology girl thing where like the, all the ahs girls are like oh he is probably the best actor of our generation yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> 
I wouldn't uh, use the derogatory terms that you use, but yes, essentially that. Um, I just like thought like it's just the thing where it's like, ah, he's just a nice, charming guy. But I never like no, took him seriously. Well, it's the, like the, a, yeah, that's the thing is I don't think that he's a great actor. He, but like, he doesn't get it. Like, what has he ever showcased his acting chops in? Yeah, I think that this is his first thing where it's like, like a true performance. He has one episode this season that is like fucking unbelievable it's one of it's up there with just the best kind of acting that you will see on television yeah he's an interesting actor i guess he's kind of a tweener and that might be why he misses out on some roles he's Mm -hmm. not he's not like sexy like traditionally but he is definitely attractive and charismatic um he has a weird voice he comes across as kind of scary um naturally he he's in he's good in three billboards but that movie you know blows i don't think he's is he in that yes Mm. He's Evan the, Peters? Don't tell me I'm wrong. Please you're don't. thinking you're thinking of Caleb Landry Jones. <laughs> Are you? There are two of this guy? <laughs> yeah, dude. There are two of this guy. Yeah, so Evan Peters. I was like, I don't think he's in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Then he, yeah. I know he he's play, the AHS. Boy. Played the fast yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, you were right about um, that one. Caleb Landry Caleb Jones. Landry Jones is uglier than Evan this Peters. Guy's, yeah, this guy's ugly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who you're I, talking about. There. I love this show. Um, I I it, really wanted to put it on my list, but it didn't it didn't make it quite so on there. I will say, and this is minor spoilers for this show. I won't actually get into it, but where this show becomes special is that there's that mystery box element of like what happened? somebody somebody there's missing kids. Yeah. And we have to figure this out. Well, yeah, it's the a very standard thing, like girl dead girl detective yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. That's how it feels for like the first half of the show and i will say it's like the best possible version of that kind of that kind of a show but the mystery gets solved and then there's like three episodes left Mm -hmm. and so then it just all becomes entirely about character work between all the characters of this town between with mayor and her relationship and her back dealing with yeah the loss of her son Mm -hmm. uh who committed suicide like it is just it's a, it can be gut-wrenching at times the show at times the show but it's phenomenal i really really loved it also shout what out craig to- zobel does next because i that guy that guy knows how to write in the frameworks of television shout out to uh guy pierce just yes. showing up just hey. to, just to hey. dude, man that just was up, guy. honestly one of the best things about tv this year was guy pierce being in the show and everybody being like did guy pierce do the murder he, what, no, did guy pierce definitely everybody on twitter was like how did he do the murder yeah no it was <laughs> he did it because it was like you don't just have guy pierce just show up in your fucking show and it turns yeah, out yeah you law, do it's the it's, law and order rule it's like if guy pierce is in it then he's the killer yeah know? exactly it turns out like oh no you can't just get guy pierce to just show yeah. up on set the, for like two days it's called the law of order <laughs> um uh craig hey. Sobel though uh famously just want to shout I, it out uh from uh, directing some of the best episodes of the, of the leftovers. Yeah. So. Um, he did that. I, I'm just, and uh, yeah, we worked on Westworld too, but we won't talk about that show. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what he does next. It's the thing about the show is it's, there's like the top half of my list, the top five ish or show or so are very untraditional pieces of television for the most part. And this is very traditional television it is but it's, it's the a, best it's a possible genre show it's the best version of that genre and sometimes you just want to watch the best version of yeah. a thing no this is one that i have tabled but i'm actually very excited for because i i watched a chunk of the pile and i was like this is yeah. a, this is a crime show yeah. it's just like a down the middle like good ass you know, crime show yeah. you yeah. know the template you know the rules of the genre and they just do them yeah so well by the way 
uh if you want if you want some more you know high profile evan peters content uh, yeah, ryan murphy's making a Dahmer show and he's Dahmer. what you want to first of all tbd on because you said ryan murphy is making it so I'm gonna keep uh, my expectations. He makes a lot of shit. I know, but I said I said high prof. I didn't say good. <laughs> yeah, okay. he's gonna get the high prof. You yes. want? Yeah, yeah. That the the Evan Peters demo is going to stand. Sexy Dahmer. You know what I mean? Maybe we shouldn't have that show. Maybe that show should just not exist. I think there's enough fetishizing of uh, serial, serial killers killer, yeah. in this day and age. Well, Mare of Easttown is a great show. I'm so glad it's on your list. It is your number eight, Hunter. So I guess we're back around to me for my number eight, a show I shouted out on a catch up episode. It is for all mankind on Apple TV plus guys. This is I just not enough time to get to this because I know there's two seasons and I was like, I have to I have to prioritize at the end of the day. That's I just how didn't I feel get to about it. most things just, that are on. I Apple just didn't TV get to plus. it. I'm like, you know, I got this HBO thing going on. Right. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, look, there, there are two other apple tv uh shows on on my list one of them we're going to talk about in momentarily the other one is way down at number 34 with foundation aka the lee pace is a god asimov uh show didn't finish it had to put it down (laughs) at number 34 by default because i didn't finish the season poor lee he keeps trying yeah man um but you're gonna get it man he should have get back (laughs) (laughs) why why didn't he perfect lennon why wasn't he just in the beatles (laughs) fucking idiot so for all mankind um God, this show came out of nowhere for me. I actually watched the pilot back when Apple TV Plus first launched and I was so out "Eh." on it. (laughs) And maybe Apple TV isn't going to work. The third episode of this show should have been the pilot because, you know, the point of a pilot is to hook people on your premise, right? Like that's the whole purpose of a pilot. Don't put your premise in the third episode. No. For all mankind. This is a good good lesson. the, The premise of the show is is not what if the Soviets landed the first man on the moon. It's what if the Soviets landed the first woman on the moon? That's the show. Mm. And that's episode three. They should have put that in the first episode and they wait. They make you wait till F3, which like, I mean, I'm sure they had their creative reasons for wanting to do that. But I think this would have hooked a lot more people if they would have made that choice. I, I I really love it when a show or a movie has such a direct solvable problem. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, sh- these productions are so complicated and have so many moving parts that sometimes you miss just like the key. Yeah. You know, the most important yeah, thing. The most like the way you actually like sell your story to your audience from the jump. Like you need to get that right. And they didn't. Mm. And I was out on it until season two came around um, in 2021. And everybody was like, yo, this show is fucking amazing. So I went back, gave it another chance. Turns out, holy shit, I love this show. I love these characters. I cared about them so much. I was so into their journeys, their stories. Season two skips forward about a decade after the first season and the way these characters evolved and where they're at in their lives and where the world is when the space race doesn't end with the moon landing and it just keeps going into the Cold War mm. and the Cold War and the space race are one and the same. Guys, guns on the moon. <laughs> That's what this show is. 
That's where it goes. Space is pretty cold, so that does make sense that the war be there. Like, it doesn't get that into until, like, the very, very end of season two. But all of the momentum building up to it is so invigorating. And you just feel, like, that tension and that inevitability of it. And, of course, it's all character-based. Because you care... you care about these people fucking living on the moon and all of the tension that's building you know this also this sort of speaks to something i thought about ad astra because ad astra you know gets there as well yeah ad astra to me should have been a show because we just we sort of pass through the most interesting like commerce driven space oh, travel yes, planet. God. And, I and forgot when about we're that. yeah, en route to like Daddy, why don't you love me? You know, <laughs> dude, like, Ad Astra is a fucking incredible movie. I know, but I it's just like, shit. man, give me give me like three hours of content in like McDonald's yeah. on the moon. Yeah. You know? That rocks. It, not, not that this show I want to see like, like the bidding for like the food yeah. court oh, on also I don't, I don't know if you mentioned but from what I'm seeing season three is uh signed sealed ready to go yeah so uh based on the final moments of season two it will jump another decade yeah. into the another future. another 10 ups are like donezo like, oh I'm so excited guys it's the 90s man we're going to Mars baby <laughs> <laughs> Like this that's is, what this show is doing. I mean, this is a great alternative history because it is sort of like, like if you were to write our history as like as fiction, like a note would be like, so after they go to the moon, they just stop. No, they just stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. They then they they you know they still like do like unmanned missions out elsewhere, but they really just stop putting money in because it was really just about winning that yeah. one thing. Yeah, it's and like then, really. But if Russia was to get there first, then the you American, the American, and yeah, everybody would be like, too. "Oh, we just have to. We're gonna. Yeah. We our dick has to be bigger than yours. Yeah, we gotta exactly. get further and bigger. Also, because, because well, in this in this world, did Russia still do the first monkey too? <laughs> because then they just beat us in like everything. I don't think they touch on that, but. Um, <laughs> But I uh, I just want to I, I want to talk about the cast uh, real quick, just because, like, you know, based on the opening moments of season one, you think this is the Joel Kinnaman show. And that's the other big problem is don't hinge your show on Joel what? Kinnaman. <laughs> God, Joel Kinnaman catching strays while you're trying to praise the yeah. show. And, uh, you know, he's not terrible, but it's like when you're starting your show off and you're like main character is joel kinnaman it's you're already like, like halfway out it, the yeah door. it's just like attractive like british looking white guy yeah <laughs> it's but like, come he on. Ends, i love where his story goes uh there's a lot of like you know roller coaster of emotions there um but the extended cast is where it's at i mean michael dorman as gordo like we love a show with a character named gordo like lizzie mcguire yeah halt and catch fire Mm. It's a you know literally got to be up. Worth three, worth those, three, three. those are the two best shows ever made. Yeah. So, but I go. mean, I, I could keep naming these are all these are all people you've never heard of. I mean, Ren Schmidt, Jody Balfour, like Chris Marshall. There's you will learn to love these people. You've never seen them in anything before, and they will steal your heart. You will be so so invested in their journeys. Um, it's for all mankind. It's on Apple TV Plus. It's my number eight, Drew. Number eight. Wait a minute. Number seven. Oh, seven. seven. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Number yeah. Seven. Your eight was Beatles. My yeah. number seven is Midnight Mass. Uh, we're going to have to wait on that one. Ow. Did you watch that today? Ow. No. Oh, you, um, I didn't know you'd seen ow. that. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen it. It's we're going to have to wait on it. Okay. Um, 
My number seven, we're also going to have to wait on. I know. My number seven is Ted Lasso. It is also my number seven. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, baby. So this is the other Apple TV Plus show. (laughs) This is the Apple TV Plus. This is the one that is that people were saying, like, oh, this was the only good Apple TV Plus show before uh, For All Mankind bounced back, apparently. God, this show rocks. This show rocks. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Season two is better than season one. A lot one. of controversy like, this I just, year. I can't believe, like, it's honestly, it's fucking baffling to me that people are like, no, I want this show to be like Scrubs. I want this show to be the same thing, the same, like, yeah. cotton candy And then maybe, every like, one week. deep episode, and then it gets back to silly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, like, season two said, like, no, we can be a very hopeful, optimistic show, but also we need to interrogate this optimism. We need to, like, see, like... You aren't just like a happy-go-lucky guy all the time, and then that's your one character trait, and you have no emotional growth from there. The show tries to actually give you characters and try to look into like people's backstories and why they are who they are and how they got there. And I think I think people are. I don't know. It's it's a specific internet demo that would be mad at that. I guess because my parents, uh, I got them into Ted Lasso and they went and yeah, watched same the, with mine. They, I, they went and watched the whole thing before I even got done. I, I haven't even finished season one. They, they instantly watched the whole thing. And then I told them afterward, I was like, Oh yeah. what do you think of season two? Everyone's mad about it. And they were like, what? Like what about what? Like, what are they mad about? Uh, I think, because I think people I, just wanted nice be, core uh, because it's, it's, it's an internet thing where like, Anyone who's like plugged into like Twitter knows enough to know that they shouldn't be watching like CBS sitcoms, which those are nice core shows. Those are like eternally pleasant yeah. shows. Blackish. This is us. So that yeah, no, not even like even like the neighborhood or whatever with Schmidt from New Girl in it. Yeah, like, just make that up. No, you no, that's a a, brother. Yeah, it's called the neighborhood, and it stars Schmidt from New Girl, and then like Cedric the Entertainer. Look this up. Yeah, remember Poor Schmidt, bro. The tire swing. I know he's oh, a, he is yeah. a great actor. Yes. Anyway, Max Greenfield um, shout out. It's it's so I think the people who are mad online are the people who know enough to know that they shouldn't be watching shows like that, but also still want the sedation of that. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They don't want everything to have depth, but they know that they shouldn't. But, be watching but they, the thing is, get this, the one very special episode, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, this show, it's still, like, this show isn't, like, a drama. It never becomes that heavy. Like, there's definitely some, like, there's some really emotionally affecting moments. Dude, but I, at the end I of the cried day, every episode. Literally. I Every week, oh I was like, God. all right, Friday, I got Ted choked Lasso. up a couple of times. I didn't cry every Ernie, time. Are you, I, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say last. I'm, I'm not kidding with you. This show reduced me to tears like every <laughs> it is, week. It is funny. I'm going to be interested to see what like Emmys and stuff are for season two of this show because theoretically, if Sudeikis won last year, he should just win again because it's it's a lot better of a performance, in my opinion, season two than season one. He's so much more dynamic. But what I was getting at was at the end of the day, this is still a comedy. Like there's still like the funny quips. It's still like got some zaniness. Usually every episode, at least like the first like five, six minutes will start with like some snap snappy dialogue back and forth and everything like that. Yeah. Your workplace but, humor, locker room talk. Yeah. You know. Some of the best puns you will ever hear in your entire life. Some puns that take like 90 full seconds to explain. Yeah. And by the time it gets there, you're like, this is incredible writing. A lot of pop culture references. Yes. Yeah. Um, but just great. I, it really let the uh, cast really flesh the cast out in a way that I did not know that some of these actors had the ability to do. So like Sam Richardson, Hannah Whittingham, I knew uh, Sam Brett Richardson? Goldstein a yeah, little dude. bit. What? 
<laughs> the, yeah, Sam Richardson has but, a bit part as like a African like billionaire yeah. who's trying to recruit um, a character named Sam for his soccer oh, club, Dude, Casablanca. Very cool. Let's talk about Sam. Tohib Jumo. I like I just one of the most delightful presences on television. Yeah. I just I love this guy. Like he just has one of those Sam smiles. the character, not Sam Richardson the actor. No. Well, okay. also well, Sam Bear. also is also Sam Richardson. No, but I like Who's Yeah, the be? uh Tohib Yeah, Tohib. Yeah, Jamo. Um he is like he just smiles and it makes me smile. And I just like carry his warmth with me after I would watch an mm-hmm. episode of this show because he is somebody who like and it does kind of get into him trying to wrestle with this whole battle of, I mean, you know, like sports are corrupt as fucked, especially something like soccer where it's like, you know, you're this multi multi million dollar athlete and you're representing, uh, whatever it is like BP or something like that. And meanwhile, this oil company is like destroying your home and shit like that. Like people have to deal with these kind of ethical dilemmas constantly, but not a lot of, there's not a lot of, sports heavy quote-unquote sports content that actually wrestles with something that like is that. very true it's also like this sports content is lacking more than more than anything in soccer which has soccer more than any other sport very in the world driven sport. very wealth driven yeah. and it's i there's a reason there's like soccer camps in like ethiopia and kenya and stuff like that where they try to find uh young children with talent to kind of pluck them out and put them into the farm league system um, that they have over there into the academies, I guess is what they're called. But yeah. And the show kind of dives into that a little bit. Well, I was going to say that one of the criticisms uh, it got the other criticism for some reason, a lot of discourse People around Ted Lasso. People are happy about they want it to go more heavy into stuff, and then they also want it to still say yeah, shit's Creek. Ex- exactly. <laughs> they wanted more out of the Sam fights the fucking corporation plot line, and like that's just not what this show is. Like, it's not going to have a whole serialized subplot that carries through each episode of Sam clashing with the corporate overlords of his a team sponsor like i'm sorry but that's just not this show like Sounds that's funny <laughs> but I, I i will say like the the things that do carry over through the season are the things that like really brought me to tears like jamie tart uh phil dunster as jamie tart Oof, i love that man. guy like dude the the fucking this show is about daddy issues like yeah oh, at the God, end of the day like, it's it's like yeah. and the way it plays out with this character and with of course ted and his own daddy issues. And then when they uh, fold in um, our queen, Hannah Waddingham as Rebecca and her daddy issues, like there's a funeral episode in this where it's like everybody just gets so emotional. And I've never seen a funeral scene like this one. That episode made me cry. (laughs) With the fucking, uh, never going to give you up, the the, the fucking Rickroll song. I never thought I was going to cry during fucking Rickroll during uh, uh I'm blanking on this it's literally name. called never gonna get <laughs> yeah by Rick Astley yeah <laughs> I never the how this show uses that song to make you cry fucking insane I never I never would have expected it in Big a respect. million years and I just connected so so much to every moment where this mm-hmm. show chooses to go in that direction and be sappy 
and be fucking like just so gooey emotional. It worked yeah. so well. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it, another show later on that like it goes to places of sappiness where I am I'm consciously thinking like oh, okay I see what we're doing here and it's that's corn dog and and then I am weeping like yeah you know what I mean I, it's it's like a simultaneous like self awareness of how they're pulling the strings but they're doing it so goddamn it they're doing it so good that you just have to like give in and also just in closing Ted Lasso just it I just feel like it just. It also is a show that just has room to grow, especially as the season goes on. We haven't even talked about Nick Muhammad as Nathan. Like Man, his story an incredible arc. Whoa. It's it's another reason why people didn't like the show because there's character growth. Yeah, how fucking dare <laughs> you? Change. How dare you not have the guy who's just like the fucking punching bag for the first two seasons? I, he needs to stay the punching bag. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely not going to retaliate in any way. It's I, he does a fuck, shooting. Dude, people <laughs> People suck, dude. I I hate I, I hate. Crime. I know. I I said this on the ep, uh, you weren't on Hunter a couple weeks ago, where we were talking about the Matrix, and then I think maybe Licorice Pizza or something a little bit, and I was just like, we no one should us included should not be allowed to talk about shows yeah. or movies. We should just have to watch them. Yeah, like, there's a there's talking a, about them is so stupid at some point at a certain point. There's a quote. We should not in, have uh, a podcast. Everyone, yeah, we should just all shut up, dude. Literally, there's a quote in Bo Burnham's Inside where he's like, "Can anybody just?" not say anything about one thing <laughs> just one time can anybody not one have one thought about one thing i know it, we just <laughs> gotta fucking we just gotta talk um i also gotta shout out brett goldstein as roy kent like uh, motherfucking roy kent legend roy, roy kent, kent um holy fuck yeah i i, just, I apologize for only having yeah. like most of season one to talk to discuss like here but i love that actor dude he's, he's so good phenomenal also a co-writer on the show yeah so along with uh sudeikis yeah sudeikis and uh um uh oh our guy uh brendan hunt he gets in there right yeah brendan hunt yeah the the daddy issues thing makes a ton of sense that a that pops up a lot in scrubs um it's yeah. just yeah, that, that that's a sillier show so not quite as much but um b bill lawrence is in big he he's very very close and sort of like a almost like a mentor way with dan Harmon. Oh wow! Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and and one reason that they click so hard is because of you know they they both have like the psychological motivation thing with all their characters, where mm -hmm. there's like some sort of Freudian thing mm -hmm. going on with every character they write. Yeah, it's it just again it just works so well for me. Um, I I can't recommend this show enough. If you haven't given it a chance, please do. It's so good. It's as funny as it is emotional. Um, also, since we named everybody else in the main cast, I gotta shout out Juno Temple. Oh yeah, um, of course. As Keely, uh, you know this. She this, gets a lot more to do this season than season yeah, one. This is a lot just, more to this do. This is just Good. a great cast, and again, like it's just such a pitch perfect examination of toxic masculinity. And when season one was such like a happy, nice show that was just like, if kindness can prevail, it's very like Paddington. <laughs> Like if you're, it's very Obama era content. Yeah, we're just, just like you can be kind, like just all and kind people will call other. you a wanker, well, and you can just be nice to them, and everything yeah, will kill be them okay. with kindness. The thing is, though, the the reason that it's good is because it's also not entirely political content the way that like Parson Rec is. Yeah. Because that show is aged really poorly because right. of that, in my opinion, where you're, you know, you're watching them. Yeah, there's definitely some things because Parks just, and Rec is still like a good, there's like 
two or three really good scenes. Also, this of is it, just in England, so it's yeah. just not. Yeah, but then you just like see some stuff in Parks and Rec, and it's like, oh, this is like really like Hillary Core right here. Like this is this is yeah, like the with problem her. with yeah, it's just like man, the if, Democratic Party. If the government just day. cared a little bit, like uh. um. But uh, but yeah, I think the way season two just kind of flips everything on its head and says, like, what if all the niceness is actually like a coping mechanism for something deeper mm-hmm. underneath a, a, a more like tragic sadness and doesn't sacrifice like all of the fun that comes with the show, too. It is a work of genius. Mm-hmm. Fucking love this show. Um, Can't wait for season three. Hopefully this year. Right. Yep. Ted Lasso, uh, both of our number sevens, me and Hunter. So number six, Drew. I, I decided to be true to myself and I put Survivor up. up Hell yeah, up brother. I'm so glad that you, I we had this at five. I had this in my dive. top 10 up until uh, about 4 p.m. today when I finished watching a different show. And then I was like, I'm just banking I'm on just, Drew having this. I'm on, on bated so breath waiting to figure out what show this is. He said it wasn't Midnight Mass, which I knew he, he didn't see until recently. We're going to get to I it. just it's um, I, I think you think I should leave. I think that's what it's called. Do you have. <laughs> And, and for the sake of time, we did a whole episode on this. Do you have anything you didn't say on that episode that you wanted to make sure? Not. Uh, yes. Um, this isn't the season to watch if you're trying to get into the show. Um, it's it's a really good season of the show, though. And it's it represents a refresh that I think the show really needs, even if it's not. It's not the ideal version of that refresh. However, the most important thing of any season of Survivor by far is the cast. And they got the cast. The show, it, all, a couple all timers, I would say. Yeah, it has. It has. I, I watched pr- like probably like 10 seasons total last year of Survivor. This season had probably uh, I'd say like four of the top 20 characters I've seen, period, in Survivor. And I've seen like, you know, so, like the big seasons where all the big heavy hitters yeah. come back. This was a big time cast mm-hmm. season. And that's that's what you need when it's real human beings. So good job by them for that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of weird missteps in the season. But like, yeah, I I, there's they'll, definitely they'll work it out. Yeah. The, you know, and they, even if they, they don't, they I'm won't work watch. out everything because it's yeah, because again, it's, you know, it's a it's a CBS show. You know, they don't they've never had like a extremely savvy season of survivor where they like knew what yeah where you're like this is pulse. just the right amount of twists <laughs> this is just the right amount of twists it never it's That's always a, too much or yeah survivor is what i watched like more than anything this year and i actually learned from a podcast recently with the uh uh, you probably know the pot I'm talking about, uh, Hunter, where the guest was the, a guy who used to be editor in chief for The Hollywood Reporter and now runs his own website. He was saying that very quietly Survivor was one of the biggest performing pandemic shows. Where oh, people, of course. Pe- it makes because, sense. Yeah. Well, bro, it was on there are seasons on Hulu. There are seasons on Netflix and, and Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus yeah. at the same fucking time. It's everywhere. And it's so easy to get into once you just. Yeah. Decide so, well, it, it was the thing that we talked about last year, because last year I had season 40 on my top 10. And one of the things I said last year was that Survivor kind of replaced sports for me over 2020. Absolutely. And kind of the same thing did filter into 2021 as well. Just yeah. that it was it fulfills both the rush of watching a reality TV show, which it just kind of is a different taste than watching serialized television. But there are, and the best seasons of it 
overarching character arcs that you can watch from week to week or episode to episode. And then there is also kind of this, not even the gamesmanship that comes from the actual challenges themselves, but the gamesmanship that comes from the mental part. Uh, Yeah. The social game like that is, that is the sport more than anything. Were a sport survivor. (laughs) While we're here, did you watch any, key seasons that you wanted to shout out that weren't like 2021 obviously my favorite season still is kagayan i'm hunter you, you can, watched that this year yes i every That's, season i've ever seen i watched this year well, there last you go year. Oh, yeah. you can vouch for it hunter you you encouraged us to watch that one i did i said that's the, the is, i said that's the jumping off point is it to is, go there and then you will but it's almost it's it's like eating like just a fat cheesecake it and then is. like it's just like oh I now know. i have to now i have to eat a salad after that yeah, like what is how that how could you ever compare because it yeah it's just a, like a crazy good cast all around and then one of the most one of the most fascinating, like enigmatic winners ever of any show I've ever seen where he's not a hero. He, I, you know, he is a villain. He is a villain. Oh, no, he's straight up a villain. I'm sorry. But, for, I'm sorry for spoiling too much already. But it's yeah, but, it's it's a villain that you like still kind of love. And that's kind of the perfect. It's something it's like the best kind of character writing that you see in something in scripted television it's, where it's something where it's it's breaking it's, bad yeah dude. exactly no, that's that's what i'm getting because at. The, every single episode i thought of the the gif of jesse saying he can't keep getting yeah, away with it how is he getting away with this every fucking week but it's real life with real people <laughs> it's you, crazy one thing that we don't even hammer enough with survivor and i think it's because you're either watching it we're never digesting episodes of Survivor the way that they are actually happening on the island and that we aren't watching an episode a day for 39 days straight, which is how it actually goes, that you're either binging through it like how we did over the pandemic with some of the older seasons or we're watching it week to week. You have to remember, this is like all just happening in the course of a week. So if you're just like, oh, man, things are like escalating pretty quickly here. It's like, yeah, dude, like they're going insane. They're sleep deprived and they're losing their fucking minds. You're going actually insane. Um, uh, one a way that I selected what seasons to watch uh, over last year was there's a podcast, a survivor podcast called the Purple Rock Podcast. Mm-hmm. I've never even listened to it, but they have a very great website. They have for- a very thoughtfully written comprehensive list where they rank every season and they give a, they give a blurb on each season that tells you like listen you probably don't want to jump in with this one etc yeah. i will say they say you don't want to jump in with kagayan just because you, they want you to understand the full scope of how insane it is um that said though it doesn't have any repeat cast members it doesn't have any like crazy crazy new twists yeah so, so i i'd say that i was totally fine jumping in there like I yeah that's a good it. if you want to go older like cook islands is a great intro one um there, yeah. uh, there's a handful but yeah purple rock uh i think it's just called what's the website called is it just called purple yeah rock. it's com? called it's called purple rock podcast.com yeah um but yeah that's that's the ranking list i've been i've been making all these choices off of and i haven't been disappointed so far by one season yeah survivor 41 plus some other past season shout outs there with drew's number six hunter number six my number six we're gonna have to wait on it it's succession oh wow okay yeah definitely gonna have to wait on that one my number six we're also gonna have to wait on is how to with john wilson yeah i'm gonna have to wait on that one so with that we're halfway through the list time check one hour 
and five minutes, ten minutes. God damn. It's almost like it's just Danny and the Trulies that are making us do <laughs> four and a half it's hour true. long podcasts. This, these, like I brought You just gears. bring a six pack of OBP and we're just and this flying is, through these. These are stronger than Trulies. Well, there's a lot more overlap here than last week. That's true. Um, also, we almost you had like go, no You can go full indie heads on us with, I know, uh, with their the TV thing. less true. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So where are we Number at? five. Number five. We'll, we'll have to wait to because uh, it's succession. However, I want to say it's because of me. It's not because of the show. I didn't finish it. So I didn't want to put okay. it. I didn't want to put it any higher than. Yeah, this. you're it's just okay. you're projecting at number See, five and it could go it, up no, and down it, from there. It will go up from there. I didn't want to project it based on what I hadn't seen. So I just from what I had seen, it's even without the last two episodes, which are incredibly crucial. It's already this high because it's one of my three favorite shows so on TV. So we're, we're not quite at my spot for it yet because it is higher. But I I will say this is one that we need to do a whole episode for. Yes, because we did Absolutely. it for season two we need and to. we have to do it for this one because it just it doesn't make sense to just like try to fit everything into this episode. Oh, no, yeah. So that one will it will be OK. Just kind of saving the conversation for its own app. My number five. Wait, no, let me do my. Oh, number sorry. Five. Sorry. Sorry. Go, go ahead. So I'm getting I, excited. OK, well, my number five is. I keyed off on it. I came here and I said, there's something that I just watched earlier today. It's now in my top five. It is Saturday morning. All star hits. I didn't finish it. Guys, it rocks. From number five to number one are shows that I think are truly special or unlike anything else on television. That's that's one I did. I I didn't want to put just because I I haven't seen probably half of it. Yes. And and this show. The back half of it is like whenever it's it just keeps going more. This show is something else. It is. It is. So this is Kyle Mooney. It's Kyle Mooney. It's it's his like love child. It is. The most faithful rendering of like 80s children's content that you'll ever uh, see. Yeah. Saturday morning cartoons that you'll just see on there and not just the cartoons, but like the like longtime the, listeners the know VHS aesthetic yes, is what got me. Longtime listeners of this pod know that we are Kyle stands. We've been Kyle stands for like a decade at this point. Straight up like it's been. 10 years of for Kyle me, in our for life. For me, it's, it's, yeah, it's getting close to the majority of my life. It's <laughs> like, he's been our lives for forever, but I just feel like this show kind of leveled up what I thought Kyle could be in my head. And that's saying something because again, like I've been a long time Kyle Stan. There was seeds of this in Brigsby Bear where yeah. I think Brigsby Bear is a movie that I do love, but it definitely does have some conventionality to it. The show is not like anything that has existed for the last actually ever because even it takes the Saturday morning aesthetic and these like episodes of the week kind of it used as a jump off and also it's telling this overarching story about the twin brothers who are hosting uh the Skip and Trabor <laughs> who are hosting <laughs> Smash Skip and, and Trabor are two of the best characters gets, of the it year. Gets, there's an episode uh I think it's episode 5 where it's just the news. It's not actually cartoons. It's really? just the news oh, baby. is on. And there's like a story. There's a murder that happens. It's incredible. Like it is just no a content yeah. that I just it's such high minded content. I've laughed harder in some of the segments in this season that I have at anything else. The, the, have you guys seen the Bruce Chandling bit? 
Yes. Oh, the dude, kid, the baby the, Bruce Jim. <laughs> dude, Lil Bruce. I that, was, can, that is one I of just, the funniest. No, things. it's like it's like a six minute bit of him and Lil Bruce. I've never laughed like so hard in like, any time I can never remember. I it's him gotten every this. like seven seconds he's just like get yeah, that's me i guess this isn't gonna be like for me school was a lot more like a jail cell in the old oh. west <laughs> kyle is i think maybe my favorite person i've like well like in my existence if i were to rank everyone <laughs> if you were to rank all humans <laughs> ranking people it'd be like kyle jesus we should do that um, every year yeah do you want to rank people yeah, top 10 people yeah um, number one, Scoop McNair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hunter yeah. was my number eleven. Oh. We did. <laughs> no, no, he he, he rocks so hard. Um, this is what he could have been making for the whole time he was at SNL. It it tends to eat up your sketch. But on the bright side, but that, that's how he got this. That's how he got Paul Rudd and Emma Stone and everyone. Yeah. Yes, well, he got those, and also like it's just like he has the show also wouldn't get made if it wasn't executive produced by Lorne Michaels. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Of, Lorne uh, of Broadway wait, 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 video. Wait, fame. you mean you mean Emma Stone of being married to <laughs> Dave McCary fame? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Actually yeah, no, well just the director's wife. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, good for dude, you, sweetie. So you mentioned the cast. Uh, you mentioned uh, Emma Stone. And Paul Rudd, also Pamela Adlon, yep, uh, Dylan Sprouse, yeah, Beck, of course, in there, um, Fred Armisen, the king of voice acting, Frank Welker, along with a bunch of other incredible voice actors. Well, yeah, there, there's some, Eric Bauza, you'll hear voices, and um, you're like, oh, that's like like Buttercup from the old Powerpuff Girls or something like that. You know, like you'll be, like, whoa, that's a voice I haven't heard in like 20 years. It's it's just insane, like where the show goes to. Because it's something that it you watch the first couple episodes and I was already like I was in on the show because one, it's Kyle and two, like it's high minded kid brain, which is just something that just like doing a good version of kid brain, but it's not actually a children's show. It's made for adults, yeah. but it captures it scratches that itch is already special in itself and just kind of where the show goes from there to both be. There's a sincerity to the show that is a sadness. It's it, well, it's a sadness, but it's there really is like a lot of genuineness to the show that I feel like would not be there if anybody else was making the show. If anybody else was making the show, it'd go full satire at a certain point. No, and there's yeah, no, there's something very authentic love. about like this. he yes. loves what he he's not just making fun of. Saturday morning cartoons. No, he's trying to remake them, he, but with a modern sensibility. And a, lot, a lot of the like segments are like pretty good. Like <laughs> that's kind of one of the things that's like baffling. It's like, oh, like they like tune this up a little bit. Like they're like snorting critter glitter or something <laughs> like that. But like this is just something that would just be yeah, a cartoon. The premises are so solid for yeah. like a Saturday morning cartoon. The dinosaur who lives Randy, in like, he dude, lives in Randy, the basement the of a natural history museum. <laughs> And then he goes to music school yeah, at a certain point. Yeah, all, yeah, all of all the world building in these is super solid. Also, uh, Paul Rudd's character in the, in the uh, yeah with the Care Bears, the yes. Creative Critters, Creative where he he gets a big job designing the B for a company, <laughs> <laughs> the letter B. <laughs> that's I, that's that's Kyle. There's man. yeah, there's this a couple of brain um, strongamols, which is incredible. How that. Uh, evolves which i don't want to uh one get my, too into it but the, it's the hardest i laughed in the two or three that i saw was actually the movie trailer 
um, starring Kyle where he was a king, <laughs> but it never mentions that. It's such yeah. like a, it's such He's like just a, a middle schooler. I'm a middle schooler. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a straightforward joke, you know, but it's so well executed because he is is he's not like regular like oh i like thinking about like you know stuff from a child he is obsessed in like yeah. an unhealthy way with his childhood content right um if you've ever seen i've seen videos maybe i'm unhealthy obsessed with him <laughs> he, he, i've seen videos of him in his apartment in new york city and he has like a, a vhs wall like a wall of just oh, vhs content yes. for, and it's all stuff that he's had his whole life like he's that kind of guy man and i love him well that's yeah that's I, the thing with this with this show that i was trying to say is that like the the kind of commitment to the bit that it has of this very specific yeah. vhs era where it's like it literally looks like a lot of these shows were animated in the 90s mm-hmm. and then crudely yeah recorded onto a vhs yeah. the, that was dude, then digitized the cameras used to shoot skip and trebor or so, like I that, don't know how they did that. I, no, like, I think I, they, it's just the cameras you used back then. I don't think you can digitally recreate these cameras. It's like documentary now they, how they just yeah. find the camera. Like they mm-hmm. just found the camera. Yeah, it's just recorded like, onto a fucking shitty because, tape. Th- because uh, it's particularly with Skip and Trebor, the 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 uh, the thing they do where they keep cutting to a second camera that's like black and white Dutch <laughs> angle, yeah. really low frame rate camera. <laughs> I used to I had a channel called Nick Gas which was games yeah. and sports and um they would air it was it was just all 90s Nick content and sometimes they would do like between show content right and that is all of it yeah it was skip and Trayvon it's so well done it's like so it's faithfully insane. done it's done with love and care and craft um and it's also just like it, it's also just like a really good adult swim show you yeah. know like it, it's all of that at the same time it's I just I don't know if there's ever going to be another season of the show. The way that it ends, it ends with a cameo that I know you guys haven't finished it. You guys are going to lose your gourd when you see who shows up for the last fucking episode. Oh, um, here we go, it's, baby. It's incredible. I, I just if there is more of it, I'm going to ingest it. This could easily be my number one, honestly, just because I don't think I've never seen anything like this show. Yeah, it's and it's singular, just man. it's I, I everything was, on my list at this. Point I was going to singular. Hunter, I was going to go on this monologue after our list because I couldn't put it on my list uh, just out of respect for the lists because I've seen probably half of it, maybe. This, just go home and watch this, this show is fucking something guys like it's, this show is it's really, special man really it's cool. fucking yeah. special it's it's not just something to be like oh wow cool like really look at it like look at the work he did here this would this would be in my top 20 if i had finished it for sure He's i mean a, i had to put it down in in the section of the stuff i didn't yeah i didn't have time kyle's for, an angel but love you kyle uh i'll i'll watch your show i fucking love it please just get the bag off of Lorne and go into Netflix mm-hmm. land with Tim Robinson Man. and the boys. And let me, let me tell you in terms of things I've showed my dad that he has really hated. This is up there. <laughs> oh, really? Leonard was not well, a fan. Because he didn't watch these shows in the first place. The right. things that it's like, yeah, Leonard on. was so too busy like, watching like dolphins losses to <laughs> enjoy cartoons. Literally. Yes. He was, he was out like, yeah, he was out like being a, a person. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad this made your list. I'm so glad it's in your fucking top five. It's, it's in my time. I love it. Saturday, yeah, thank beautiful. you for this. Wait, beautiful. I, I, I want it. I want you to say how you said Saturday, it. Saturday morning all star hits. Number five. Uh, subs. <laughs> <laughs> that is his cameo in the show. So- <laughs> number five. All right, my number five. Here we go. We're gonna have to save it. 
It's Midnight Mass. Uh, save it. All right, so we're at four. God Drew. damn, number five. Love to see it. The White Lotus. Okay. You have to save that. Oh, so gonna have to save that one. That show, I could at any given day, I could have put that higher. Man, show rocks. We'll get to it. I yeah. I, um, I what's had your, to what's cut your it. number four? Uh, my number four. We're reaching that point of the show, guys. We're gonna have to save. It's how to with John Wilson. Yeah. Buddy. Okay. 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 Wow. Wow, 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 Man, wow, 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 Around wow, wow. around the horn we go. All right, so now we're at my number four. Yep. This is a show that was not on my list until this week. Pen 15. The final <sighs> season. God, I, this was the last thing I just didn't have a chance to watch. Before. And can I tell you, this is... I, I have this problem with shows that I know are ending where I don't want to watch it. Yeah, you don't, like, don't don't Dude, literally, you don't want it to end. Literally, we saved... Lee and I, she loves the show too... The last episode, I was like, can we please watch it before we do the po- before I have to do the podcast? And she was like, no, I need to savor this moment. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I have, I'm sorry, babe, but I have no, a job so to she do. Was like, she was like, no, OK, we'll watch it. And man, this final season, it is it is technically season two, part two, which is, is weird because like it just feels like season three mm. thoroughly. I, I don't the understand why. The end of part why. one feels like the end of a season. Yeah. Like it I, ends at a definitive point. I don't understand why so, they did that. So, but what you're saying though is that it doesn't like drop. I mean, this is a show unlike anything else I have ever seen in my life. I, I can't compare yeah, it to well, anything. Well, because from the first two, this is one of my 10 favorite TV shows I've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. so special. And I, I don't like without question really like it, it is, might even be top five it is so fucking funny and outrageous but also like forces you to sit in these incredibly awkward and uncomfortable moments because it's all about that age of well yeah you know being a, a tween teenager and growing up well and it's also just everything that we said about saturday morning all-star hits but in reality yeah. yeah. Instead of <laughs> instead of instead of basically recreating the content, it's creating, it's creating school. It's creating their lives. Um, yeah, with like two with actual thirty year olds. I know, but it's it's done with that amount of cr- of love and like and and craft and care about the subject matter because obviously it's their lives. It it's it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I it's it's probably the poster child for the idea that comedy should be taken more seriously. Uh, but I mean, there are obviously plenty of shows that represent that. This is this is up there though, with like shows where it's like, oh, yeah. you yeah, you you need to understand. So that. yeah, this, this is, is why this I is had what to, comedy can do exactly. I I I had to cut stuff like Invincible and Reservation Dogs because I just needed yeah. like those shows will they have the potential at least to be top ten material in years to come. Pen fifteen is done. That's yeah. it. They're done. This is over. Like Lee was so upset. She was like, give me like Hulu's number and I will call them to to make more of this show. But But it's it's not them. No, the creators. That's what I was telling her. Um, Anna and Maya, they chose for this to be the end. And it's you know, it sucks because it's like I feel like they could still get more out of this premise, but it makes sense. You know, when you hear them talk about it, there's a lot of interviews that they've done talking about it. And the biggest things are, first of all, the pandemic. It's just really tough to make the show with actual 
minors. They had in children. a pandemic, yeah. and also they both got pregnant at the exact same time in real life. That's yeah. so cool. And had kids. Yeah, yeah. Love it. and so. and they just want to focus on being moms, new moms, first and, time. Yeah, moms. and then also the the critical clout that they've gotten from this show. They're going to both They'll be back. They're going to oh, both yeah. be able to do a lot. Yeah. And they're and I'm going to very closely follow what they do because they are special creators. Yeah. Like this, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. I have no doubts that if I would have made the time, not if I would have had, I should have just made time for the show because I, I I'm, I'm the scared. first two seasons were <laughs> on my I top wanted, 10. I don't want it to go away. Yeah, exactly. Like I have no doubts that this would be not only on my list, but very high on my list. Like I would never expect to drop. I mean, I'm I'm positive that ends on like a satisfying note and everything else. So I, I just yeah, I just don't want it to end, man. Yeah. Like, they really they did you. something really special here. It's very special. I, I like I said that there's nothing else like it, man. Yeah. I it's one of the only comedies that's made me cry a couple times. Oh, dude. And it's yes. still a show that I would call okay. very like confidently called a comedy okay. overall. There's an episode in this final stretch that made me like sob like ugly sob it is okay so uh if you've seen the show you know that maya has her actual mom play her mom on the show mm-hmm. and throughout the show it's just been kind of like a, a character that just kind of drops in and out she gets her own episode a full nice. episode Ooh, this season and this lady she is not a trained actor <laughs> she's just maya's mom Gives a fucking incredible performance that brought me to tears. That's cool. Like, holy so shit. Good. Holy shit. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's uh, I, I it, we're getting into that that area here where it's like the shit is so good that I, I can't even put words to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just it just makes you feel in this really, really deep way. And obviously, like I could, you know, I could go on about like how much I relate to the Maya character and the immigrant experience and being torn from like all these different sides of like being American versus, you know, not American and not belonging to each side. Like that's some, that a theme I always gravitate towards. But the, the other thing with this season is like, they re they, there's like these high school boys that they start kind of hanging out with and how that throws like a wrench into everything and sort of like, puts you in these situations where are very like adult, you know, and it's so weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so weird where it's like, you know, they're adults, but they're playing teenagers that are becoming adults. You're like, Oh God, I hope nothing bad happens to you. (laughs) It's 30 year old. Yeah. It's it's so weird. It's it's one of the most interesting cases of like full immersion into something clearly absurd. Yeah. You're watching 30 year olds and you truly cannot be convinced that they're 30. Yeah. We, we got to give it up. It's, it's got to be some of the best acting ever. Like for you to buy into the fact, like there are stretches where you just forget. Yeah. It's just the pilot. You see it and you're like, Oh, this is funny. And then like, you just forget yeah. for like so much of the shows. Right I know. Time. And I, I, and, and they're just like again. looking down at children who are like <laughs> a foot shorter than them. And this is, this is once again, this is one of the most uncomfortable shows I've ever seen big part of the reason i love it but i i just i really hope that if that's something you kind of like are into but like you're not like oh you know i'm not like a cringe comedy type person i i don't want that to be the the way that you think of this show like i want you to check the show out anyway because like if you can if you can get past some squirming this show has unreal depth 
Um, and it's flat funny. Like yeah. at the same time, it's mm. a really special especially show. if you're, um, you know, at least like 25 to maybe 35 years old. Like, oh, yeah, and you That's live through spot. this era of like, you know, the early 2000s kind of growing up in that era. There's very, very specific comedy to that. Um, so that's pen 15. It's my number four. Uh, I guess we're at number three. Top Rune. three. Yeah. So my top three, I went with my, I went with my brand and my heart and my soul because those are all actually the same thing. I'd like to sort mm-hmm. of put my heart on my sleeve and my brand on yeah. my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, my number three is station 11. You're going to have to save that one. I know the thing is I, I, like I could have put that higher and I really like didn't think that that would be the case, but man, we'll, we'll talk about it. Mm. Uh, Hunter, what do you got? Number three, my number three, we can get into it now. My number three is midnight mass guys. Fuck the show. Fuck one, one of the biggest developments from this year. And we're going to talk about next week. Whenever we talk about our uh, best things that we watched for the first time, Um, a discovery for myself this year is that uh, Mike Flanagan is one of my favorite writers in Hollywood. I think that he yeah. is truly one of the greatest writers and filmmakers that we have that's working this is a in very television. cinematic show. It's, it yeah, looks I, stunning. Oh, no. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things. It's a COVID show. And again, it's just we're going to talk about this. And whenever we get into White Lotus about just like shows that perfectly utilize a COVID setting in the An best island. possible way. Yeah. Like, I can't island imagine community. this in being made in fucking Chicago or something stupid like that. Um, <laughs> this is so good. Like, I just I was really I, I watched Hill House before this. Um and Hill House is just one of the best miniseries that like I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I don't think I've ever been floored. But like very few things that floored me in only ten episodes as Hill House did. So I did go into Midnight Mass with not reservations, but like a little bit of like a all right. It has it. It's got to wow me to be on the same level as Hill House is. So it got you there, and it fucking got me there. And I want to talk about. Um, what I think is the performance of the year at Hamish Linklater. Yeah, bitch. Um, he, so, I think like, I think it's by a mile. I think that he is the best male performer, like easily of the year. It's something where he, it, it's a special type of thing that he rides this line and it, it, it this move, this show is especially, um, very poignant to me because I grew up in a religious household, having to go to church every Sunday, reading the Bible, reading the Bible. Mm. So if you have that kind of background, then this show fucking hits different when they're like reading Bible verses that you've had to sit through. I, it and, wasn't and Catholic the, and the whole it's score Southern is Baptist too. What? The whole score is him. Yes, exactly. So that's but like different too. Hamish Linklater. It's it, he is just like the best portraying of a pastor that i've ever seen anything in my life or as a priest i guess because they're catholic but like where i just like i'm ready to run through a brick wall for this man like even given the course of the events that yeah, happened even, on the show you know, i don't like, care Damn, this guy i'm like i'll do yo, it i'll do it I wanna, we are I, ash I into ash we shall lights. return let's fucking go baby so can i can i make a, a suggestion can we save spoilers for a separate deep dive episode can we get into that after we yeah let's do that post post recording this i just want to talk more because spoilers. i want people to to be like fully uh, yes. in the back because it's something i did not i picked up certain things of where the show was going but i don't want to spoil the show for people because so, it's it's yeah special. no i don't want to get into spoilers 
I, I'm so glad you brought up Hamish because this guy has been around forever. Yeah. He was, he was a, stuff. he was like a co-lead. Like he was an ensemble character on the new adventures of old Christine, the Julia Louis Dreyfus long running CBS. <laughs> I know him from Legion. He's on, yeah, Le- no, he's on Legion. Yeah, he, he, he pops up and stuff. The, I didn't know he had this in him, man. Yeah. And to me, it's almost like it's a compliment to him as much as it is, in my opinion, sort of a detriment to the show because this show didn't hit me quite as hard. And there are reasons I don't want to be a bummer about it. So I don't want to get super into it. No, be a bummer. I think that Take a big old I, I think that if we're ranking cast, it goes Hamish and then a gap and then Bev. Oh, Bev the lady who plays is, Bev is yes, and then yeah. after those two, in my opinion, performance-wise, we have a country mile. Before oh, we dude, I think Kate Siegel is incredible. I think that she See, is I, unbelievable. Okay, good. so well, that, I mean, that's you I know, think that I was to subjectivity. I thought blown I, away. In by my her opinion, she's. I Hold thought on she, a second. I was watching and thinking she's a bad actress. The whole no, time. Raul, oh, Raul no, Coley as not. Sheriff Hassan. Yes, yes no. See, this I was watching it like, what? What am I missing here? This is just um. This man I, dude, Raul Coley is exceptional. Is, dude, I, I want to watch a whole fucking show just with his character. Man. He, he his has this episode, charisma. His monologue that he gives in season two, in the second to last episode had me weeping. Yeah. Had me just tears just streaming down my fucking cheek talking about uh. trying to like being a Muslim in the New York Police Department following 9-11. And, like it's just dude, the fucking writing like, hey, this is how you fucking write characters. This is how you monologuing at its finest. Like yeah. I would take this over anything that Aaron Sorkin has done in the last 25 years. I would take this over like, no, well, maybe not 25. Absolutely not. Okay. Over since when? Okay. Uh, Steve jobs. This is, I take this over Steve jobs. I would take like between this and Hill house. I would take this type of monologuing. It's just the, the episode four. I think it is where, um, it is uh, Kate Siegel and um, who is it? Uh, Zach guy. Guilford uh, talking about like, like what too. happens. What happens when you die? That's a great scene. Oh my Fucking god! Unbelievable. It's see. It's just like stuff like that where these aren't the set pieces are the dialogue in a yeah. way that just like the long drawn out. Yes, it's dialogue. and guess what? Humans don't talk like this. I don't want to listen to humans talk. That's the dumbest. Whenever I hear people say that criticism, not just about this show, but about anything, it's just like, well, humans don't talk like that. It's like, yeah, you know what humans talk like? Humans talk stupid. Humans are fucking dumb. I don't want to watch a show. Guy who goes goes to see like Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) I don't talk to my boys like that. He, he sees Boz Lerman. He's like, well, visually, like, yeah, but but people <laughs> words though. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'll say. All right, maybe twenty five years a lot. I think this is better than anything that he has done since Social Network. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. I take Moneyball. I the, like I said though, this show. I there's a lot where I was like, what am I missing here, writing wise? Where like this is just a guy who thinks he's a genius. Well. Mike I think Flanagan. that he is a genius. I know though, that's the thing. thing. You, you really I have to buy into. You genius. have to buy into him more than anything else because well, it's really just him talking through every character. It, it's not. It's just his it's thoughts. Not just, it's not just about being a genius. I think that the point Hunter brought up at the top about being raised into Christianity is a big part of it. It's not about being a genius. It's about Flanagan having a lot of things that he just needs to get off of his chest, and this is his way of doing. I it. know he it's, just has to like word vomit onto the page in this incredibly eloquent way Mm -hmm. that like only he could do obviously 
but it's not just about like, oh, let me tell this story in which people just like regurgitate all of these deep, insightful thoughts. It's like, no, he has a lot of like pent up fucking trauma and shit that he needs to like vent. There is. It's weird because one special thing about this show, again, we're tiptoeing around spoilers here, but it's not wholly angry in a way that like a show like this could be like, there's still like a lot of like pro Christian themes that run throughout this show, which is not what I was expecting. I thought that this show was going to go in a certain direction at a certain point. I thought that we were just going fully like anti the church, anti everything. And it's definitely not that. Yeah, not it's that's not there the is, point of it. It's like it comes love. it might come across as that, but that's not the what he's getting at. You know what I mean? He's getting it's, at something it's way this, bigger than that. The dumb guy version of reading this is just like, dude, this guy like fucking hates Christians. It's like, are you no, like it's no, it's, it's showing about how people use the Bible as a weapon. To, yeah, yeah. To manipulate and control people. Like, it's not it, about religion is bad. And like, obviously, you could make that connection. Religion is bad, obviously. But that's not the inherent theme here. It's about like how it, the text is used. It's how the text is used. It's people. It's the thing of people who it's the com- the disgusting combination that leads to world wars and has lead to like genocide and everything else, which is uh, people this taking their hero complex and projecting it onto their religion. It's people putting themselves as I am this messianic figure here and I need to come and save the day. And that's what, and I have all the answers. That's what Mike Flanagan is trying to interrogate the most in this show. Am I, should I, should I, should I just be quiet or should I say how I feel? No, 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 go for it. Go for it. I don't understand this. I don't understand how we can look past everything that's so bad about this. Like when what? this is what overall what's bad about this this is overall a really good show but like oh my god so no one's telling this man sometimes he could just shut the fuck up <laughs> like this is a, it's a sorkin thing it's like every character is just him talking yeah like be quiet well, I, I think at a certain point you have to like accept that also, as part of what the well, show i is. know also though a really clear thing that i would argue i think that it's bad writing uh in certain cases one really distinct case where i was like this is awful writing is actually the monologue that really affected you guys with um rahul kohli's character sheriff Hassan, because that is that's just stacking the deck in terms of screenwriting in my opinion this is all subjective like i can't take away how anyone feels about the show however all season we get absolutely nothing from this character he's just walking around like oh man that's bad oh no I guess I should do something. And then at the very end of the season, someone's like, hey, uh, there's some crazy shit going on. You're not doing anything. You're the sheriff. And he's like, let me tell you about 9-11. That's that sucks. I'm sorry. He isn't doing nothing, though. He's He's literally dude. the scene where we're there in the church and he's trying to like make a whole point about how you shouldn't be giving Bibles out to kids in school. Like there's moments like that throughout this entire. I loved his relationship with his son, Ali. I thought that was like really, really really affecting. But do you get what I'm saying, though, that like to to restrain a character to that extent, just because you know that you're going to give him. A, a monologue that is does not justify well, everything I, he does. Like, I, I see this show as as very stilted in a certain direction where like I can I can give those things a pass where it's it's not I can I can see I can accept when the show pumps the brakes enough to the point where it's like we're just gonna 
we're just going to stop this show so this person can just monologue for 10 minutes well, so, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Like I accepted that as part of the show. No, and I, I, know it I did too. I'm just saying in that case, you're just dumping everything. All the information we know about this character is being dumped on us. But so, it's not just about not, the character. No, but it is. It's like, hey, <laughs> guess what? Now you care about me. No, no it's I, about I cared the, about it's him. About the I cared about him. See, it's that's all like, the themes that are it, swirling around. And you're making it sound like this is just like this character was literally a, just a fucking bored for like seven episodes. And then we get that. He was line. maybe like the There's, 15th most. Oh, see, he was always you know like I mean? probably like my third or fourth. So to be honest, if we're criticizing a performers, I wasn't a big fan of Zach Gelford. Um, I think a lot of it's the writing of his character. Well, it's a smart I, thing that the show zags away from him because yes, you think it becomes he's more, the guy. Yes, and I think that that I think that he's written. He is r slash atheism, bro. <laughs> he's fucking <laughs> no, annoying well, that's, because that's like this guy thinks he's him. profound. This writer, dude. He, sometimes he's he not. He was in in prison for like what, like multiple years? Three How years? long is it? Yeah, five years. Like, of course like that. he is. Of course he is. Yes. No, I know. It's just he gets out of it, and it, like every anytime he goes on a ten minute monologue, it's like, yeah, I read Reddit when I was fifteen. <laughs> I've read all this before. Like I, this isn't new information. This isn't like profound. This is just like. I think I, don't know, I think it is know? profound I, for a certain audience. Like for the type of audience that that Flanagan is probably peers with, like the type of people like Flanagan's probably what in his 40s, probably want to say. Don't know. Yeah, he's pretty young, yeah. Like this like those types of people are not very online Reddit people. Like this is trying to connect to a certain type 43. of people. Yeah, there you go. It's it's trying to connect to a certain type of audience that like is not as connected, you know, online with these types of, of no, of I, I get that. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think that was his fault because another, I think my favorite thing about this show, generally speaking, I think it has some of maybe like five of the best moments of TV I've seen in years. Yeah. And one of them is the departure of a key character. Oh my yes. God. This season. Dude. That, that is like, dude. Oh that's my as good God. As, the boat with no, the that, sunrise. See that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I like the show because moments like that are like what TV's about. I, like, you, I felt so that fuck. scream that, that in is, my bones. That is like a top three moment. My number one scene. And I, again, trying to get to this without spoilers. It's what happens at the very end of the penultimate episode is like the most claustrophobic that I have felt oh, in years. Yes. Like I just, I wanted to like throw up and like close my, I like, it's incredible. I just think this show does it. I think that Hill house does it a little bit better um, in my opinion, but it's Mike Flanagan is a genius at just saying, okay, to make this appeal to more people, we're going to take the broad sandbox of horror. We're going to take the horror genre and I'm going to use this whole veil to get my shit greenlit on Netflix so people all watch this. And inside, I'm going to steep these like very deep and profound themes about in this show it's about religion and about addiction death and death afterlife. and what that means. And I mean in Hill House it's a lot about trauma. Um this show has some touches on some themes of trauma as well, but like I think that that is the thing more than anything even the monologuing which i do i love his monologuing because i think that it's fucking beautiful but i think that that is his greatest gift and i think that's the reason why he can continue to make content for the next 30 years is because there's some coming this year yeah i think think he he has has projects he has 
the ability of a writer to use genre to its best possible angle to say, I'm going to come at it this way, but I'm going to bring a whole new side of things that you have never thought that you could see in this way. And, and make it insanely watchable. Like yes. when I dove Dude, into this the, show, the way that I, each episode ends it. is like insane. Like it's kind of what Netflix always dreamed yeah. of where it's just like an episode, like, the last 15 minutes of every episode, you're like, I can't give, what? Give it to me. Yeah. yeah like I'm going to just watch the next he's, one. He's really good at cliffhangers. And I don't, I would still recommend this show to people because it is, it's thoughtfully made and it's interesting. I think I do. want You should check out Hill house. Definitely doesn't have nearly as much monologue. I know. I, yeah, because I think more than anything, when someone writes like that, the issue isn't that he writes like that. It's just like Sorkin. It's whether or not you vibe with everything he has to say. And mm-hmm. like a lot of what he had to say to me was like, yeah, all right. Like, congrats. You said it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it just, I, it didn't hit me. as I like, think, whoa. So I, there's definitely, don't, don't get me wrong. There's some monologuing that happens in Hill House. But I think that I, while I was watching the show, and this is kind of just me putting my own angle on this, but it's almost like every single person is talking like a pastor. Like it really feels like it feels <laughs> like every character is giving a sermon. Yeah. And that's like kind of how it's I so viewed true. the show is that like, it's just like each character is getting like a spotlight sermon moment yeah. in each episode. And like, that's kind of a thing that I really loved yeah. about this show. That's one of the things that really makes Hamish's scenes stand out because if everybody's giving a sermon, Hamish is the one that you like shut the fuck up and you're like, what is this man yeah. saying right now? He I think owns- that that's, he owns the show like in a way that I mean, I mean, because he mostly only owns like the first like two thirds of it. And then he sort of like goes away mostly. Um, but he well, he comes it. he comes back hard at the end. Absolutely. But like that's an, I was I was kind of like, hey, give me some Hamish, man. Yeah, Where'd Hamish well, but I, I love this cast, though. Like I loved everybody in the yeah, cast. Well, that's I another think, thing. If you like the cast, you like it. I, 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 I didn't like gotta, most of these people. Dude, we got to talk about Bev, too, real quick before we leave. Bev owns. Probably one of the greatest like villain Despicable. performances I've seen. Yeah. In, for, and the thing is, is good this is like half the people who I went to fucking church with as a kid. <laughs> that's why this show, it's different. Is like using some of the characters the there are here. language from the Bible. Yeah, just using language. the most twisted evil shit. It's, dude it's so fucking it's so good i know people like this i grew up there's some people in my family that are like bev kane dude i i hate her so much and she's she's so good i i love this show i i just i think premise wise like what they get at with like the bigger like what's going on you well the super that's something i I wanted to bring up is like obviously there's a supernatural angle in this that we don't want to give away i know but but i want to say coming no, no, no. I want to say, though, the supernatural angle is, I think, one of the coolest premises I've seen oh, in, in a show in mm-hmm. years. It's, yeah. um, it's like, how have we not seen yeah, this before? So, yeah. so for me, it it's, really just came down to writing style. And that's just a matter of if you're into it or not. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot in this show where I was like, he's getting at something here that is like very special. Oh, yeah. Man, I just... Uh, I yeah no I could keep going on and on about the genius of the like the, how they the premise how is they, cool as fuck, how bro. they use yes it's so good the premise, it's so fucking the, cool man. it's just like fun like it's yeah. it's a fun idea to throw into a show that's like not even entirely about that you know like and you're just like by the way we have this insane like like sci-fi horror like fantasy premise yeah. going on it's yeah. there's certain things I will say so 
Hill House is a lot more, of, uh, in my opinion, emotionally poignant show. But this show, I do understand people who like this show because people say it's quote unquote better because of the production value and some of the things that we're talking about here with the supernatural. It yeah. has, it might be a little bit more broad than even something like Hill House, even with the monologuing. Also, I wanted to shout out Stephen King, who obviously had a huge influence on this story. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, uh, the first time Mike Flanagan ever came up on this podcast was when we talked about, um, or I guess I talked about uh, Dr. Sleep. Yep. Which is a Mike Flanagan movie, obviously adapted from oh, yeah. the Stephen King novel yep. sequel to The Shining. So and why why do you think he hasn't made like a a, a movie that hit? I think that Is he, it because he has so much to well, say? This this is, I think, well, this I mean, because- yeah, yeah, this one has a well, hundred percent. Hill House, Hill House was, a, was a bigger hit. Yeah. Yes, this this set doesn't have the buzz. Oh, you're talking about just like straight up a movie? Yeah, like why doesn't he have? Why, well, why I have think all his movies I think he has flat? too many ideas. Like yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's why saying. people he, say Doctor Sleep. The director's it's like cut three is, movies yeah. like grafted yeah, together. Exactly, <laughs> he has too much. He needs to get out for a movie. Yeah, right? I I've never seen a uh, Gerald's Game either, which I know yeah, a lot of people really like that. But but we stand. We stand and we look I, forward I love, to. I love him. He's there's another haunting coming this year. Yeah. I, just announced. Yes. Um, yeah. Is this uh, uh, an original or Midnight what Mass? Is? No, 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 not Midnight Mass. No, the haunting that he's doing. I have no idea. It's called okay. like the skeleton. Room. I mean, basically everything that he's doing is kind of an original piece. Like uh, haunting of Hill House is based on. Um, yeah, the. It, that's like an old yeah it's based yeah. on a shirley jackson novel but like the novel is like a hundred pages or like it's like a very very short thing like gaia owns it it's very quick it's pretty much just focuses on one of the characters of the that's in haunting of hill house his version makes it about a family which is guys just watch hill house man all right midnight mass is hunters number three it is my number five and it's Drew's number seven. That's the first show we've had on all three lists so far. There will so. be more, though. All right. You have now reached the end of part one of our best TV of 2021 episode. Just like last week with the best albums of 2021, we had to split this one into two just because we had so much to get into. Thank you so much for listening. Please email us at weboutamike at gmail.com and follow us at weboutamike on social media. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. If you enjoyed the episode, uh, please send us a voice message or donate at anchor.fm slash weboutamike if you enjoyed uh, this episode. Again, this is only part one. Stick around for part two for the rest of the list and uh, check out the uh, rest of Listomania and all our other archives of episodes at webottomike.net, our website. Thank you for listening. Please recommend the show and uh, stick around for the rest of the top TV of 2021 in part two of this episode. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.